Hallelujah. Amen. I want him to preach to me too. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. There's more truth to that than just being funny. Amen. Amen. You uh, you may be seated. Jesus' name. Um, I uh, First, I just want to compliment this church for your faithfulness uh, and, and pursuing the things of God with us. Amen. Uh, a preacher cannot make things happen that has happened here. We can't do it. We, we bring a measure of faith. We bring the word of God. But if people don't respond to it, it doesn't do anything. And so I'm thankful for you all. Amen. Everybody give your hand, yourself a hand. Praise God. Amen. 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 And, uh, and how thankful I am for Pastor and Sister Reagan and you all's kindness. Amen. Thoughtfulness to us over... Uh, I mean, just the the celebration that y'all gave for my wife and I, not really even knowing us, but uh, your great kindness to us is um, just really beyond words. And so, uh, I'll just stop right there. Um, but uh, I have I have grown. Um, <laughs> I got qualify that. Um, I have <laughs> I I have I have grown uh, to love uh, Bishop Riggin. Sister Reagan, amen, uh, over the last several months, not really knowing you all before, I mean, knew you uh, a little bit, just in, in ministerial interaction, uh, but uh, the burden, the passion, uh, uh, the degree, uh, I told my wife today when I found out that he was uh, sick, I said, well, I said, you know, sometimes the Lord makes us to lie down by green pastures, and I said, the man's busier than anybody that I've known in, in a while. He's always doing something. He's always teaching. He's constantly giving. Uh, his the church is always on his mind, and uh, and sometimes the Lord just says, "You know what? You need to take a break." Amen. And uh, and so I'm I'm thankful for the example and challenge that he has been to me uh, while I have been here. Amen. Now, all that being said, I uh, I cast about on the last on on, on a revival night last quote-unquote service of series of meetings. Uh, it's customary. There, there's an expectation generally of uh, a blowout service. The problem is, is we've had a lot of those. Uh, there's, it's customary for some type of super spiritual deep move. We've had a whole bunch of those too. Uh, and so I'm thinking and praying throughout the day, said, so God, what in the world? Uh, do I do I say How, what do I minister to your people and and guests that are there and 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 see a move of God in whatever manner you desire to do not not what I want um, and so and so the Lord began to deal with me and I and I had to ask uh, brother uh, Hilton brother Jared Hilton to help me uh, and he made some copies for me and so. Uh, uh, he's going to pass them out here in just a minute, not just yet. But uh, And so I told him not to look at the copies uh, because I didn't want him to cheat. And uh, he said, man, it's hard. I said, okay, so just look with one eye so that way you only see half the notes. And uh, and so I don't know that he did that very well. Uh, and then after he made them, he said, we're all done. I said, good. I said, you can bring a pillow so that way uh, you, you'll just enjoy the nap. Uh, but I am going to give you a tool. I felt to leave a tool, and within that tool will be some others, that will help 
those of you that will put into practice uh, this tool and some of the associated tools that's in this to maintain not just the spirit of revival but praying people through to the Holy Ghost not just not just the pastor or the preacher but God really wants to use his people and so and so with that in mind um, uh, brother if you would help me out there real quick maybe give it to one of these other young men they can pass them out make sure pastor gets one amen and um, and we're going to teach preach I might get excited and actually preach while I'm teaching uh, about altar working it's a study I've had for many years uh, I've I've taught it just a few times and uh, the Lord brought it back to me. Uh, my computer broke down. I was transferring stuff to another computer that 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 a brother here was so gracious and kind to to uh, give me. And so, in the middle of all that transference and everything, God brought to memory these notes that I haven't looked at. And last time I taught this was probably in sixteen, I think. So it's been a little while. Um, so here's a tool to, to maintain. Everyone say maintain. Maintain. Now, uh, you're already going you're going to cheat and read ahead as most of us do when we get a tool like this in our hands. So so listen because I'm going to give you some other stuff in there that's not that's not in the notes. And so you'll want to you'll want to pay attention uh, to that and uh, and so we'll see what the Lord will help us do. Amen. Let's start off by praying. Would you just bow your head with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we ask you over the next little while, God, upon every saint of God that's here, God, every one of our guests, Lord Jesus, that your spirit, Lord, would rest upon us in a very mighty way. God, as you help us with some tools to maintain revival, God, not just a service, but to maintain God, that it would rest upon your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Acts chapter 2, if you would turn in your Bibles there, Acts chapter 2 uh, and verse 47, a very familiar passage probably to most of us. Um, Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. And then uh, Brother uh, Hilton uh, if you would get for me Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. I'm going to give you two verses. All right. Hosea 4 and 6 and then Proverbs 29 and 18. We're going to get there in a little bit. All right. So Acts chapter 2, verse 47. Praising God. This is how. This is what the church did. Everyone say the church. You go ahead and sit down. Thank you. I'm, I, I don't want you all standing very long. No sense all of us standing. Um, and so uh, Acts chapter 2, verse Praising God. That's the first thing, praising God. Uh, again, I just want to start and compliment the church. You all know how to praise God. Amen. I said you know how to praise God. Keep it. Let what has been reignited in some of us, keep it. Because that's one of the hallmarks of revival. Praising God, whether or not you got music, whether or not it's a dead service, whether or not how you feel. We know all those basics, but it has been revived. It's a revival. 
praising God and having favor with all the people. That's the second category. And that's, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But part of having favor with all the people includes those outside the church. It's hard to have a revival of folks to come in if you're hostile to them without. Which is kind of counterproductive. <laughs> we're having great revival. We want you to come. By the way, I'm really ticked off because you said this or did this. or, And God forbid it happens in the church. Uh, but it does. It's kind of funny to watch sometimes. Uh, the scripture said, and the Lord, everyone say the Lord. The Lord. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. It didn't say all. It said such. That's not, that's not predetermined by this person is going to be saved and this person isn't. But those that uh, availed themselves, many are called you were chosen why are why is not everybody chosen because you have to come when you're called and then chosen is its own winnowing process i'm here i choose you but now are you going to stay faithful to the choice and so so don't get discouraged at those that don't make it be very encouraged at those that continue to whatever degree if they're doing more than they were before, thank God. I said, thank God for whatever. If somebody's only coming a few services a week or one service a week, if they weren't coming any, thank God. Every day they ought, when they walk in the door, man, thank God. We're so glad we missed you. We love you. Let the pastor do the pastoring. Amen. Let the saints do the nurturing. Amen. All right, and so so this was the recipe. This is this is what the Lord gave us to do. And he added to the church daily such as should be saved. Now, there's, there's two things that the Lord does not really give us um, in the New Testament. He, does, he expects us to do, but he doesn't give us a lot of Bible for it. We get some principles. Uh, one of them is how to win souls. There's no, there's no, there, there's no list. There's, there's nothing that you're going to get. It just says go do it. Be fruitful. Okay, how? And, but he doesn't really give us it. He gives us some principles that if we will... If we will continue in doing some things, then we would bear fruit, some more than others, but we would bear fruit. Mm-hmm. The other is in working the altars. It's, I find it very interesting that in the scripture there really is no defined de- definition of how to have a church service. There isn't. Right. I mean, our, our services have evolved, but there's no, in the church, there's no, there's no, there's, there's no mention of an altar service. Just a whole bunch of folks got the Holy Ghost. From that, we presume they had an altar service. Well, they probably did, but it, I don't think they may have had everybody come down like we do today. All right. there, was, there was the preach word of God, a move of God. People begin to respond. The 3,000 and the 5,000 got the Holy Ghost. Everybody wants to see that. Well, you find me 3,000 or 5,000 folks that are repented. We can talk about having that type of revival. But the fact of the matter is most of them, most of what we get are not repented. We've got to get them to a place to repent. That's where the altar comes in. Now, the scripture, uh, or the, not rather the scripture, but when we ca- talk about altar working, it is work. Everyone say work. Work. I'll, I'll leave here. I, I'm more tired most of the time when I leave a service, not from preaching, but from working the altars from being involved in, in the spiritual back and forth 
in the pews. And that didn't start when I was a preacher. God began to, to use me long before I thought I was going to be a preacher. And he will use anybody. Hence there, who can be an altar worker in your little pamphlets. Uh, the youngest convert. The youngest convert can begin to work on the altars. Children down here, young people, can work in the altars. The Holy Ghost gets on some of them strong enough, and they yield themselves. Uh, just a quick example. And, and uh, sometimes I feel in, in my revivals, I kind of feel sometimes like an air traffic control officer because I'm always looking. And those of you, you already know, I'll see somebody praying over there, and I'll go over and grab somebody, or I'll just point. And, and automatically, folks will go, oh, so, well, you're praying, ain't you? Well, do I have to have, I, I ain't had a doctorate in theology, and the pastor hasn't come down and formally introduced me to everybody and said, this person can pray with people. You don't have to have all that. Now, if the pastor comes and stops you, then that's a good idea not to do that. But that's a different subject for different reasons. And I'm not talking about slapping hands on people's heads either. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But it's, all, it's working, and so a lot of folks, don't, they really don't want to work. So there's three reasons generally why um, they don't want to work. One, they are consumed with themselves. In other words, I just want, I, I want it's like the... the with the Dead Sea, I just want blessings. I want everybody to pray for me. Focus on me. Just pray for me. I'm, I'm always in the need of prayer. It's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, and, and so at some place, though, you have to get past yourself. Check in at the altar, but get past yourself. If you're a saint of God, you, don't, you shouldn't have to be praying through every service. At most services, you ought to come already prayed through and ready to help somebody else right. looking now though i don't have time to qualify the second the second is false humility reasons why people don't pray with others they have a sense of false humility i'm not worthy well none of us are worthy well i've not been here long enough well you don't know where i've come from i thought it was neat now he did it in my instigation but i felt it was right to do and it proved to be but when brother brody got the holy ghost that night and uh, and his and sister um, grandma, sorry, sister Bonnie. I know it was a B. I just couldn't. It wasn't coming all the way. Uh, I had him come and and come around and pray. Remember that, son? Had you come pray for your grandma over there on on behind her while she was praying? And he began to pray. And I said, son, when you begin to pray, let her hear you. Open your mouth. Why? And he began to pray in the Holy Ghost. The Lord started moving on him again. Uh, why? Well, because he's already got the Holy Ghost. He just had an experience. There's nobody better to pray with somebody than somebody who's just got the Holy Ghost moving through. Somebody that's been in the Spirit, that's talking in tongues, there's nobody better to link up with somebody that's having a problem getting into the Holy Ghost or needing a blessing than somebody that's moving in the Holy Ghost. Right, right. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that's just always jabbering in the Holy Ghost, which we'll get to in a minute. Three, uh, now this is the reasons why some people do pray in the altars. Uh, Self-recognition. They're in the look at me category. Uh, they, they want to be known as spiritual. Now you usually find this, not all, you got several young ministers, but usually you find that in young ministers. 
Um, you know, there's folks that aren't secure, and so they, they're going to go slap hands on everybody. You know, just go through the congregation and, and, and shirt and jerk and shake and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and they, they just want to be noticed. Then you have those that mini it's really ministry. It really, really is ministry. If you're going to be effective in altar working, it's mandatory. Everyone say mandatory. You must have a prayer life, not a repetition life, not a prayer life. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That type of mess ain't going to pray nobody through the Holy Ghost. There's no, there's no relationship in that. Try, try having a relationship with somebody like that. Oh, go talk to somebody like that. You're talking to God, man. When I'm talking to God, I'm not going to sit there. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about intercessory prayer and all that. But there's a whole lot of prayer that's called prayer that ain't prayer. Yes, true. There's a whole lot of tongue talking that goes on during prayer that ain't really tongue talking. Well, I, I, I got to hesitate to say that, but, but what I'm, I mean... They, I mean, they got their mind on the garbage and, and the ties and all the other kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and so, so that's, that's not the type of prayer life I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about communication with God. That is effective. It may be just talking like I'm talking right now. Sometimes it is. Boy, you know what's fun right now, Elder? I, I could get sidetracked because you feel there, there, there's a few spirits bouncing back right now. Oh, Lord, no, I'm not going to, though, because there's too many good folks here to mess around with ignorance. Uh, and so there, there's folks here that really want the things of God. And, uh, and you want to continue what the Lord is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I said you want to continue what the Lord is doing. Right. And so, and so this, is, this is the way that we do it. And so uh, habits of successful altar workers, they're in your, in your little pamphlets. Uh, they have a regular personal prayer altar men ought always to pray another verse says lifting up holy hands amen lifting up holy hands they are looking to minister to others at the altar rather than someone praying for them there's a time to be prayed for there's a time for personal prayer uh, Sunday morning was a good example of that the Holy Ghost just swept among us, and there was, a, there was a spirit of peace that was ministering to everybody, and then it turned, and we were ministering to one another. But if you wanted one of them prayer times where, man, God was just moving on everybody individually, Sunday morning was one of them mornings. I mean, it was, it was for everybody, and then, it, and then it turned in just a few moments, and, and the Holy Ghost helped us to minister one to another. But, but oftentimes in our church services, especially if you want to pray folks through the Holy Ghost, you can't be focused on yourself. There's got to be a focus on others and having a prayer life. Uh, they study, number two, they study the Bible regularly. Study to show yourself approved unto God. They're not looking to try and have answers for everybody or be the Bible answer man. They just enjoy, they love the word of God. They have fallen in love with God's word. There's, that's a difference between studying. Some people study to be able to have something to show that I know more than you. 
look how smart I am. There's others that they just, they're just a natural, I'm, I'm going to use them, I've been here long enough, I'm just going to use them for an example because it cracks me up every time, not every time, but a lot of times when I talk to old brother Joshua. Brother Joshua knows a whole bunch of stuff about a whole bunch of things. And it's not just, it's not just like, you ever met folks that are like 100 miles wide and they're about 16th of an inch deep? It's like, well, well brother, brother Joshua isn't, isn't quite like that. He studies and, and he makes me mad because he retains what he studies. I brought up a book that, that I wrote, not I wrote, I read. And man, I really like the book. And I'm over there, and, 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 and it's a good book. Turn switched on brain. Man, it's great. And out of the whole book, which I wrote a thesis around, and I mean, I just, all kinds of studies. All I remember out of the book is about neuroplasticity. That's all I remember. I mentioned it to Brother Josh. Oh, yeah, I like this and that book, and it was this and this and that. And it was over here. She said this, and I just want to reach over and slap him. But he wasn't studying to impress me. He's somebody that loved. What would happen if folks fell in love with the word of God that way? Whatever, whatever you, you talk to the mechanic and somebody that really just enjoys being a mechanic. They can bore you with the details, but they can be so helpful just talking about stuff. You're like, man, I never knew that. It's been a joy here. Uh, a couple of conversations. I've been around some. Uh, and you find what they're interested in. They have studied those things. When folks are interested in soul winning and altar working, they study the subject. They're consumed with it. It's, it's something that, that it, just, it just comes out of them. They may not be able to answer all of the mathematical stuff. They may not have all of the, all the uh, wisdom of a whole lot of things. And that's not negating all the other subjects that are out there. But if you want to be an altar worker, a successful one, you give yourself to it. Study. They love souls. They are not friendly just because they're concerned. Or they're not friendly just because, will you come to church? I just want you to come to my church so everybody can see. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, just, just, they're friendly. They're just friendly. They just love people. There are some folks that are like that. But the soul winner, the altar worker, is beyond, it's a level, they love people as God loves people. Some have compassion making a difference. They look at the altar not as the end of a church service and then I go home, but the altar service is the beginning of ministry. It's the beginning of ministry. It's, not the, it's the end of a service. But when we're done praying, and if there's been folks on the altar, my ministry's just started. When we walk out that door, I'm jumping ahead. I got a name. I got a number. I'm going to be calling. I'm going to be following up because I'm not going to leave them just at the altar. Right. Right. They are teachable, and they learn from other altar workers. They, they, they watch us. I followed some around as I was developing, and I still ask questions. I'm at the age and time now. Most folks think you know a whole lot more than you do, and I'm finding out that I don't. And there's a few things that I know. 
one of the great dangers, one of the da great dangers that you have to be very careful of is because something worked in one service does not mean that's the new normal for all services. Which is something oftentimes that younger ministers fall into the trap of. Well, or they hear a story. Well, so-and-so did it, and they got to go try and duplicate it. You better be careful. Because the spiritual dynamics may be totally different in your situation than it was in that one. And it's going to be a bad deal. And so that's spiritual sensitivity. But, but folks are teachable. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and look, notice this, admonishing one another. That's not talking about just from a preacher to the church. One another. Can we take teaching and some advice from one another? Help from one another. Right. Encouragement from one another. Now, some folks, all they want to do is help everybody by tearing somebody down. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about helping one. Hey, man, I found out this works good over here. Man, that was great over there. What, what, what was you doing there? It encourages and helps the whole body to produce children. They are submitted to ministerial authority of the church. That's a big one we're going to get back to. They look forward to questions and they seek out answers. They look forward to questions. Some people, that's their excuse. Well, what if they ask me something, and I don't know how to answer it, and then I'm going to feel bad. And, no. You say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out. That builds your faith and theirs. They go, hey, I'm important enough that you'd go find out something. Man, I appreciate it. Thank you. And I walk back saying, man, I'm glad you asked that question because I know a little bit more about the Lord and about the Bible. And I know a little bit more about what God's wanting to do in your life. Man, let's talk about it. Right. Now, uh, creating an atmosphere when we're actually working at the altar, there's a few things here. Now, I got, like I said, I got a little separate deal here that I'm working off of two, two notes here. First, when you're working at the altar, so... So here's what we've done. We've had, we've had, it doesn't matter the type of service we've had. It doesn't matter if it's a slower worshipful service. It doesn't matter if it's a high intensity worshiping, praising service. Uh, we're, we're at the altar. Preachers made an altar's call uh, or however the service goes. It may be just in the middle of the service God begins to move as he's done several times. And, and we just begin to reach out to other folks. And you see people weeping or you see God moving upon them. So <clears throat> now this is just real practical. But uh, as you begin to want to be used of God in this way, please use breath vents. We do not want a work of the slaying of the spirit to be because of someone's garlic burrito or whatever else might have been put in there. Uh, no chewing gum. God called us to be saints, not cows. God's honest truth. I was at a revival many years ago, and half the church was chewing gum. I had about enough. I was there my third service, and I'd had about enough of looking. So I just, I looked like this, and I just looked at it. And the pastor jumped up and said, My God, Savala, thank you. People started taking it out. I'm just going to tell you something. You're praying with somebody who's got, then they want the Holy Ghost and they're chewing gum. You better get it out of their mouth. Stop them long enough to say, Hey, you know what, man? God's moving on you. And, and uh, he's going to want to use your tongue. You can't really talk good with, with that in your mouth. Why don't you just spit that out? He said, Well, that's going to mess up the spirit. No, not if they want the Holy Ghost. Right. I'm talking from experience many times. 
many times. Had, a, had several with having the little tongue piercings. I'm just going to tell you what, you ain't going to get the Holy Ghost. You'll, they'll beat their jaws to death with that thing. They get the Holy Ghost. La, 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 la. I'm telling you, it sounds funny, but I'm just telling you. I stopped and said, do you really want the Holy Ghost? Yeah, I want the whole tears. I said, I'm going to tell you what. I said, God wants you to be a new creature. I said, if you'll take that, that deal out of here, God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Well, I have to be a preacher. No, you just have to be sensitive. There's a lot of altar workers that will never be in the five-fold ministry. And they've prayed, some of them have prayed more folks through the Holy Ghost in the altars than many preachers have ever prayed through, prayed through anybody in their lives. Because they have become sensitive to people and following the Holy Ghost. Some of it's by trial and error. You say, Brother well, what happens if I miss it? Learn. Learn. God, how did, what did I do? Sometimes it's not you. That they just resisted the Holy Ghost. Resist the Spirit. You'll move on. Don't take that as a personal rejection. If I did everything I knew I was supposed to do and I was, I was as kind and thoughtful and prayerful and all that, then I'm going to move on to the next one. Ask questions. Well, the seeker, the seeker will not receive the Holy Ghost. So, so here, why do seekers not receive the Holy Ghost? And this is not this is part of that little deal there. There's two reasons why. Those of you that are taking notes that haven't went to sleep yet. Some of you went to sleep, your eyes are still open, I know. And so uh, why seekers do not receive the Holy Ghost? Number one, they are not totally repented. They can even be crying. But they're not, to- some of them are venting. It's emotional release. Some are, they're, they're repenting, but they're really, what they're really doing in their mind, I, I've, I've been in service, I've been around long enough, where folks, they, they really want this girl or they want this boy, and they've told them, said, we ain't dating until you get the Holy Ghost. They don't want the Holy Ghost per se to be saved. They want the Holy Ghost for the girl or the fella. They want the Holy Ghost in order to get their relationship back together. That is a, that's an un, uh, it's an impure motive that they are praying with. They will not receive the Holy Ghost that way. It don't matter how much you shake them. It don't matter how much you prophesy or it don't matter how much you, you talk in tongues around. It don't matter. None of that matters until you find out what the root of the deal is. It's true. So had, they have, one, some of them, they're not truly repented. They're not truly broken. The other is they have a lack of faith. They have their unrealized expectations. I've met folks that they thought the reason why I, I, I got to have so-and-so's experience to get the Holy Ghost. God's all over them. Sometimes they've even talked in tongues some. But because they didn't get it like so-and-so over there. They didn't shake. They didn't fall down. They didn't dance. They didn't do whatever. Sometimes it's because they said, I ain't going to do that. <laughs> you better be real careful about that. All of this is going in, though, the working in the altars, finding out where people are. Asking questions. Everyone say asking questions. questions. Oh, Lord, have mercy, folks. Well, I'm going to mess up. Let me tell you something, folks. If they're not getting the Holy Ghost, them continuing on doing the same thing they're doing isn't helping. So somewhere you got to stop and say, okay, God's not, there's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with the Holy Ghost. So there is something that is stopping this. Let's talk about it. You can ask questions while they're praying many times. I'll just tell them. And some of you, you, you already know. This is it's just it's, it's how I operate in, in, in a large part just over the years. Uh, and I'll keep on praying. 
I just want to ask you a question. Nod your head yes, no. Have you ever received the Holy Ghost before? No. Do you even know what the... Some folks, we... So often, we want, they come down to pray. They feel conviction. We're trying to give them the Holy Ghost for they've even repented. Let them die. True repent. If someone is truly repenting, conviction is truly on them, and they are weeping and they are broken, let them die at the altar. There's a there's a, a young man I'm thinking, Brother C.J. Garcia. He's the you probably know Brother Keys, and I'm, I mentioned him. I'm proud of that young man. I'm telling you, it was just it, it was just a neat experience. Old Brother C.J. Uh, came there to the church, and it was maybe his second service. And I was preaching there for one Sunday. I was pastoring in North California. I was preaching there one Sunday, and and this young man came. He's there maybe I think second third service. He was friends with the pastor's daughter. There was no romantic interest at the time or anything like that. Uh, but he was impressed with her testimony at the job they were in. So he come to the church and so and, and and she wasn't just a holiness looking girl. She was actually a happy one. I'll let that stay there. Um, <laughs> anyways, and so uh, it, it but but it attracted him not so much to her but what she was involved in. And uh, and so he come to church. He's there as second or third service. I'm preaching hard against sin, hard repentance. Uh, and it is shaking his world. And I'm watching it. He's grabbing the, the chair and he's just shaking. And tears start coming down. And he spent about an hour at the altar sobbing. Amen. I never felt it. I said, CJ, I said, you're, you're going to get the Holy Ghost here pretty soon. I said, but, but you made a good, you made a good start. Oh, Brother Savala, boy, if you'd been a good evangelist or whatever you were, you'd have prayed him through the Holy Ghost. He wasn't ready to get the Holy Ghost right then. Let me just tell you something. There's a whole lot of folks, they walk out the door talking in tongues, but their countenance isn't changed. That's not a good Holy Ghost. I'm not going to say it ain't the Holy Ghost, but when you really get, when you really repent and are filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm not talking about this little one, little two little words thing. The Bible said it come like a river. Well, praise God. I guess I am preaching here a little bit. Uh, I, I got to teach. I'm sorry. I'm messing. But faith, they have they have expectations that that, that they don't they don't they're they're confused or they're distracted. I'm going to get into some of these distractions here in just a few minutes. Uh, passionate repentance. Passionate repentance always results in the Holy Ghost infilling. Always. Always. Everyone look at your neighbor and say always. It always. When they are praying passionately, that's why... That's why we've made some pushes during the revival, and that's what a revival is generally known for. Boy, the preacher's going to come in, and he's going to make people mad. He's going to make he's going to make us worship. He's going to make us jump. He's going to make us do something. He's gonna, well, part of that is to get passion involved, because when you become passionate about anything, something great happens. This is why, come on, you, you need to weep in the presence of God. You need to be broken. I don't weep. I'm not, I'm not an emotional person. Okay, let me hit you upside the head with a hammer. See how... It, I mean, see, it falls down. What it really saying is I just don't want to break. I don't want to respond that way. That's a spirit of pride. And so, and so this, is all, this is all part of the process. And so uh, passionate, passionate prayer. 
a repentance always will result, result in Holy Ghost infilling. Praying, so when we're working the altar, we're praying in English and in tongues. It will build both your faith and theirs to create an atmosphere. Everyone say an atmosphere. Atmosphere, atmosphere of praise and worship. Now, the danger, I just alluded to that, we can, we can have a faith-filled atmosphere. And it is possible to override the will of an individual for a little time. You will find this oftentimes when backsliders come in. They really are not ready to repent and pray through. But because of nostalgia and people get around and they start praying around them and they start and they feel something, they'll begin to weep a little bit. They'll begin to cry. And we drag them down the altar, do whatever, and they lift their heads and they'll speak a few words, uh, have a little experience. But when you look at them as they're walking out the door, there's no change in the countenance. And then we wonder why they didn't come back or they only lasted a week and they get even harder than they were when they came. It's because the will of the people and a momentary atmosphere of worship can actually override the will of an individual. But if that will is only overridden for a moment and it's mainly nostalgic driven and it's mainly just an atmosphere and it's not really a matter of their personal will when they walk out that door, they're going to be harder than they were when they walked in. Which is one of the reasons why I don't work a whole lot with backsliders once they come in. I was one. I will be kind. I'll pray for them. I will work as long as I know the Spirit's moving on me to, to do so. But I ain't going to go ask them to come to an altar. I ain't going to go jerk them around. I'll let them know I'm praying for you. You know better. Now, that's not a blanket statement for everybody, but that's the general way that I'll operate. Why? Because I, I was there. When you get hungry and you really are ready to repent and turn from your sin, you'll hit an altar wherever you are, and you don't care who's there or who's not there. You just want to come back to God. God, I'm sick and tired of this life. I don't need 52 people. I don't need, it. I don't need one. I just need you and me. God, would you forgive me? And you'll repent and cry and weep and scream, and when you're all done, you'll be talking in tongues and your countenance will be changed. Now, a sinner... It's different. They don't know. This is, this is part, I'm, I'm hitting two things here. As a, a sinner, you have to talk to them. Have to explain some things to them. Sometimes you'll just stop. I, I put some verses that we're not going to go through the, on the back. Just a few verses for each little set. i got to stop. Do you know anything about the Holy Ghost? No, I, I don't know what, what I'm feeling. Oh, man. Man, let me just show you some verses. Why? Because there ain't nothing like the Word of God to answer what they're feeling. Not my opinion. Not, well, here's what you're feeling, and this and this and that. No, no. Look, here's what the Bible says. Oh, wow. Man, that's, well, that's for you. That's what God's doing for you. That's his word. It ain't going to be long before the hands go back up. Tears continue to flow. And many times they'll get the Holy Ghost. Remember that the laying on of hands is not a divine right of ministry only. And by that I'm talking about putting a hand generally on their shoulder. Maybe on their back. I'm not talking about putting on their forehead. Faith and virtue can be imparted by any Holy Ghost filled believer to an honest hearted seeker of God. Now, why not on the forehead? Now, I'm just going to give you some personal examples. I'm very hesitant to put hands on people's heads, even as a preacher, because I'm taking authority in the name of Jesus over their spirits. There's a big difference between praying with somebody and praying for somebody. 
praying with them, I'm alongside them, praying with you, man. We're, we're together. But make sure if you're going to do that, you're praying. I need, come here, Brother Brody. Don't do this. Man. I'm going I'm to give you a couple. Will you be my, you, you'll be my, my example? Okay. So you're praying with somebody. Anybody ever see this? Lord Jesus, help me. Oh, Lord Jesus. That is not praying. That's mumbling. You're not helping them, and you're just giving lip service yourself. If you're going to pray with somebody, get in the Holy Ghost. Pray with them. Pray with them. God, touch them. Lord, fill them with the Holy Ghost. I thank you. Do more thanking God. Do more praising God. Then, oh, come on. You don't want to go to hell. You don't want to go. Well, of course I don't want to go to hell. Well, I mean, what kind of prayer is that? I know. I know. Well, I know somebody. They got the whole. Okay, fine. You go ahead, and that's fine. And some folks get the Holy Ghost in self-defense over. Let go. Turn loose. Get, get, giving them back rubs and tickling them and, and putting hands on their chest and all that kind of stuff. That, 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 that's, uh, I, know, I know folks have done it. Okay, I go put my hand on his head. What if he's got neck damage? What if he's got a bad back somewhere or something like that? And I'm just... <laughs> See it happen. When you're working with souls, especially in the altar, I get one shot at him most of the time. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of authority. I'm not afraid of it. But I want to use it carefully. Because this is a soul. It's not a statistic. There's an eternity in the balance right here. I may not, they may not have another church service. Thank you, son. So, so when we're praying with folks, make sure that you're under authority. If, if the pastor, and I'll make this very clear, there ought not to be anybody in this building that lays hands on anybody unless they've cleared it with their pastor as far as praying on them on the head. I've been in ministry 20 years. I got a pretty good track record amongst the ministry that I know of. Try to be sensitive. When I go to somebody's church of which I'm just visiting, I do not lay hands on anybody unless I ask the preacher, the pastor that's there. I will not do it. When I went to Heritage, the only people I prayed for were churches that I have already been to and they knew who I was. Unless I was asked to come pray with somebody and I would ask them, can I lay my hand on your head? Letting them know what I was doing and why I was doing it. Why? Because I'm under authority. I'm operating. Just because I can't operate doesn't give me the privilege to. We got too many folks just going and doing all kinds of craziness. We had one of those come through here during this revival. <laughs> That's kind of funny. He come up and introduced himself to me as, the, as an evangelist because he thought I was the pastor. <laughs> and then he went and talked to him. That's funny. Look, I'm just going to tell you something. Anytime somebody's got to come, when they walk in the doors, they got to introduce themselves as a preacher or a pastor or something like that. They're probably, they're, most of them just fooled themselves. It's all, you're already dealing with an ego. Well, I hope that's all right, Elder. That's, I'm glad you don't have a voice right now because you can't argue with me. <laughs> Amen. No, <I'll> just. <laughs> oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. 
we're having a good time anyway, Jesus. All right, I probably made some mad, that's okay. Be considerate, never palm or shake someone's head while praying for them. I've heard, I've heard preachers talk about that, and it's always angered me. Always get out there and palm some heads. I've heard him say it. It infuriates me. Number one, my hand's pretty big. I palm anybody's head. I'll be back on their neck somewhere usually. It's not palming heads. It's laying hands. And it's imparting, it's imparting authority in the name of Jesus. Be considerate. Never lay hands on a seeker if you are not in submitted to the authority or pastor of the church. And you don't know if you're submitted unless he says no. <laughs> Anybody can be submitted as long as everything's saying, yeah, yeah. That's when he says, no, no, don't do that. No, don't go there. No, that's not how you ought to do it with your children. I'm spiritual. We'll see how spiritual you are. Hearing prayer rather than instructions when we're praying with folks in the altar, praying with them rather than giving instructions to them. Now, there are time for instructions. When folks are, are there, when the Holy Ghost is moving on them, he's not here tonight. Almost Brother Fox. He just needs to be baptized in Jesus' name. But he's probably listening online, maybe. Um, but he was, when he was praying for the Holy Ghost, he came, he came down here to the front. And, and he was praying that God began to move on him. Now, he didn't have some great big outburst loud, but it was deep and long. The man couldn't stop talking in tongues. That's the Holy Ghost. But I had to instruct just a little bit. I said, man, Charles, open your mouth. Because when you talk, you don't talk like this. You're not going to hold much of a conversation like this. Nobody wants to talk to you like this very much. I love you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. You try talking in tongues like that. It's not going to work very well, is it? Because it doesn't even work real good when you're talking in English. Everybody say, stop mumbling. I mean, I'm not mumbling. Yes, you are. Open your mouth. You mean I got to talk like this? Yeah, like that. Yes. Communicate. Communicate. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with Jesus. The Holy Ghost starts moving through me. And now we're having a communion. He's talking through me. Yes. That's what the Holy Ghost is. That's what it'll do. All right. And so now, do not. Do not. Everyone say do not. Do not. Do not embrace someone who is seeking. Come here, Brother Brody. I love my friend here. I'm so proud of you, son. They're praying for the Holy Ghost. And somebody that, now a lot of times folks have good intentions. But, man, you can mess up somebody really operating, trying to get something from God. They're praying. Put your hands up. Stick him up. You got any money? No. Okay. Just keep your hands up. So he's praying. Hey, and I'm going to come over here, and I see him praying. He's crying. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. I'm telling you. I love you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, God, I love you, Jesus. I see you're mumbling. Well, I'm going to kick you. No, I'm just messing. Right. Okay. So 
Yeah, there you go. There's a, and so, so he's praying. And I come up here. Oh, bro, God, touch Brother Brody. Oh, Brother Brody. Oh. It's not going to be long before he puts his arms around me and we just hug him. Well, that's nice if I hadn't seen him in three weeks. That's nice if I just want to give him, you know, just a hug and let him know how much I love him. But that's not going to help him pray. The scripture said lifting up holy hands, not giving holy hugs. If you want something from God, the hands are going to be uplifted. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Go ahead and sit down. Well, yeah, just sit down. I'll get you again. And, and so, so we're not looking to get hugs or huddles. Everybody get in a circle. That's real big. For a while, I know some churches, everybody stand, let's stand in a circle and hold hands. Let me tell you something. I ain't holding hands with nobody but my wife. Or I'm falling off a cliff and somebody says, give me your hand. i give you my hand. But, but I'm not going to stand around no circle holding nobody's hand, especially a dude. Let's hold hands. Kumbaya. Ain't no Holy Ghost going to happen through that. I ain't doing it. It messes up the flow of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you, folks say, let's all, let's all lift our hands. And somewhere, and for a while that can work, but at some point if you really want something from God, many times, there's, there's times here, and there's been moments of right. Let's all, you know, everybody go find somebody to pray for. One Groups of two or three. You'll notice I usually do two or three because that's Bible. Otherwise, you start getting all these. I've seen them getting huddles. I walked over looking for a football. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, Whole groups of guys. First down. Nothing's happening. So two or three, that's a good Bible safe place. And so they begin to pray, but oftentimes they do this linking up thing. And, it's not, and so you have to come over. And, and what I do is I wait to see. Usually not if it's two or three of them. Every once in a while, both of them really get in the spirit. But usually it's one more than the other. And that's when, when I see that begin to happen, these, those of you that are working the altars and want to be used, be sensitive to this. I'll go and say, hey, why don't you separate hands and lift both your hands to God now. That two or three gave, a, it gave some faith to push through something. But now, now I got one or two of them that they're moving further in God. Okay, now it's you and God. You can do this by yourself. So, no hugs. There's, I, I ain't got time qualifying. There's appropriate times for families. I saw there's several families. We've had families pray together, and I've got with my family, my my wife and daughter, and, and we. But but you're not going to spend a long time praying that way. There's a place for prayer like that, but that's not the majority. And especially if you're trying to pray people through the Holy Ghost or experience in the altar. One of the worst things you can do. When they're crying and even sometimes snotting, just walk over and you're going to be the tissue person. I mean, you ever seen, I mean, every once in a while folks will be praying and there's one person, they don't pray a whole lot with folks. And if they do, they're not really not into, into the praying, but, but they're a good tissue person. They ought to have the tissue ministry. Just wait over here for folks to start praying. And when they start praying... The deal is, folks, is it becomes a distraction to the people praying. 
If anything, if you want to do something, I just go and lay it down, and their hand will find it somewhere. Some, as a, if I'm over there, I'm, I'm trying to wipe their... Just a little instruction to continue what the Lord's already doing here. Now, the flip side of that album is if you see somebody doing these things, don't go over there and knock them either. Just understand they didn't get the instruction. Then we would just help. Now, a preacher, I, I, I don't mind... Now, now this, this that'll have to come from your pastor. This part, I'm just going to tell you what I do, and I did it as a saint of God. Thankfully, anyways, if I saw somebody that was being a moron, praying with somebody in the altar, I would find some way to cut in front of them, cut them out, do anything I could, because that soul's more than the moron. Yeah. Now the moron will pray through, and they won't be a moron no more. But as for me in my house, I was more concerned about the person that was trying to get something from God that didn't have anything from God. If they get offended, great peace have they that love thy law. You shouldn't get offended at the altar anyways. But if you are, that tells more about you than it does the person. I ain't got time to qualify all that. Every once in a while, I don't have time to qualify that. I'm going to leave that right there. Because I do need to hurry. And, uh, and, and we need to hurry. All right, so... Do not embrace someone who is seeking likewise back rubs, chest rubs. You get a full body massage almost in a Pentecostal church service. Are not necessary or helpful for those seeking God. It is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Not the back rubs. Not massages. Some folks. That's right, brother. That's right. That's right. He doesn't have heart palpitations. Leave him alone. One of the guys we prayed through, he'd sought the Holy Ghost almost, it was 28 years. And he told me all kinds of stories. And one of the funniest stories, as he said, he, had, he was real ticklish. And he had his hands raised. And this guy come over and, and, that's right, brother. That's right. That's right. That's right. And he starts laughing. Oh, brother, that's the Holy Ghost. Yes. Oh. And they're going screaming. People are dancing, shouting. And he's, oh, it tickles. Done. The Holy Ghost departed from him. But a whole bunch of other non-spiritual people. Got blessed, I guess. Like the blessing was something else. The goal is for them to feel God's forgiveness and ultimately his joy and comfort. All that other stuff is often more disrespectful. Never tell someone they received the Holy Ghost. Never tell anybody. Now, I'll ask them, especially if I heard them say something. Now, I've heard him say something and had him tell me, look, dead at me. He said, no, I didn't say anything. I'm thinking. <laughs> I mean, wait, but there's nowhere to go. I'm not going to argue with them. They'll know when they really get it. I've had some folks say, well, yeah, but I didn't feel nothing. I mean, what do you do with that? So, well, man, let's just keep praying until you feel something. But I'm not going to tell them they got the Holy Ghost. Now, I will tell them, I'll ask them, say, how do you feel? I don't know, man, I was saying something. I don't know what I was saying. I don't know what I was doing. Ah, that's different. But what I'll do is I'll say, let me show you something in the Bible. And I'll take them to Acts chapter 2. And we'll start reading. 
And just about every one of them, Pastor, by the time they get to, they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit. That, that's what I got. Now, I said, that's Bible. You got the Bible experience. That's the Holy Ghost. Boom, I got the Holy Ghost. And almost every one of them will go back, lifting their hands, begin to pray, and it's not long before they're talking in tongues again. But I'm not telling them, but I'm going to show them. Because they need to know. It's in the book. So, never tell them. If they tell you that they said something they didn't understand, show them. That's in the scripture. They'll understand the word of God. Do not hold the seeker's hands up. Okay, come here, Brother Brody. Example time. I don't know why. I don't know when this became a rule in Pentecost. The poor sap's been praying for 20 minutes. My arm is tired. Come here, Brother Jaheem. You'll watch this in services. Hold his arm. Hold his arm. Hold his arm. Hold his arm. Now, that dude ain't going to get his arm put down. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Oh, yeah. And this guy over here, he can cycle out. This guy's arms never gets to go down. I don't know where the rule came that the dude can never put his arms down while praying for the Holy Ghost. Let the guy's arms go down. One of the first, if I, somebody, I see somebody praying for a long time and they got their hands up. And especially if I start seeing folks farm inside and out, you know, it's like the A team and then the farm league starts, you know. And, and they get, and a lot of times it's folks that don't even pray. They just go up and hold their hand. Oh, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Sometimes, then you get folks during a competition yelling at the guy. Not praying with him, yelling. Hold on, hold on, let go, let go. Do something. You need to do this. You need to jump. You need to dance. You need to. You need to get a life. <laughs> Learn to be sensitive to people and not destroy them. And so, and so, let the guys, a lot of times I'll go up. There's one, one girl in particular at church. She had been praying about, about, just about 20 minutes, and the hand of God was all over her. She started getting close to stammering lips, and I watched it, and I saw it. But her arms were getting tired. She started to let them go down, and them sisters weren't going to let them arms go down. They thought she was Moses, and they was going to be her Aaron and her. I know it sounds funny. It, it is, but it's not, because we're talking about souls. I mean, the whole reason we're doing inviting, and we're trying to get people to come to church, the, 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 whole, the end result is that they'll get converted. And that they'll, they'll want to see God do great things in their life and the lives of others. And so it's so many times we almost, we, we abort them at the altar. We, we got everything right there where we, and then, and then we miss it. And so, so I went down and, and there are, I said, let her arm. <gasps> She'll stop praying. I said, are your arms tired? Uh-huh. Put your arms down. I can. Honest to God. I can. Yeah, you put your arms down. I say, here's what's happened to you. I said, the Holy Ghost moving on. You said, you feel your tongue wanting to do something different. Yeah. It feels good. I said, good. That's the Holy Ghost. I said, now, God wants to speak through. I said, here's what's going to happen. I said, you just rest in that. Keep talking to God. And let God. I said, and when you get the Holy Ghost, your arms will go back up. Well, they're tired. I know. That's okay. She started praying again. It wasn't five, ten minutes. When the Holy Ghost hit her, that's what happens. 
when the Holy Ghost hit Brother Brody over here. Brother Brody, I hadn't seen him jump, shout, dance, do much, anything like that for the first several months. But when he got the Holy, really got the Holy Ghost over here, the dude was dancing. Here a Sunday ago, he took off running the aisles. That's illegal. I'm just teasing. He got the Holy Ghost though. Why? Life comes. When the Holy Ghost is flowing through me, something's going to move. So, all right. I know everybody knows all this stuff, but it's what I got. So, Lord bless everybody. You all be free here in just a little while. So, when the Holy Ghost comes upon them, they will always raise their hands with or without help. Encourage them for the steps. If they don't get the Holy Ghost, don't feel like a failure. Them or you. Well, I had faith. I believe God. And, well, good. But everybody doesn't get the Holy Ghost first time. Sometimes it's many times. We got to find out what the problem is, where they're at in the process. But for whatever they're doing, man, that's great. God's moving in your life. I'm so thankful. My faith is built. My faith is built watching you pray, man. God's moving. It's moving on me too. Now, I got these two verses. You probably thought I forgot them. Now I'm going to come to that last point, and then you all can read the verses on the back. Almost done. Two verses. Read. Tell me, tell me where you're reading. Hosea 4 and 6. Hosea 4 and 6, for those of you that want to turn there. Read. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Yeah. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Okay. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, that word there, destroyed, when we automatically think of it, carries with it the note to be destroyed. In other words, dead, destroyed, no, not profitable. But one of, one of the words there for destroyed means to, to wonder, uh, or they're destroyed for lack of knowledge. I got confused with the other verse. They're destroyed for a lack of, everyone say a lack of, lack of knowledge. We can't afford, and that's what we're doing. We're taking some time tonight. Yes. Last night a revival when everybody's geared for something more dynamic or at least something more deep. But this is deep and it is dynamic because it's going to help some of you to pray others through as they come to the altar. That will really be the fruit of this menace, of this, of this revival. Those of you that's prayed through, those of you that's come, but whether or not. See, you don't know how well you've really led anything until you're gone. Really, you really don't know how, how well something has been accomplished unless you have a few folks, kind of like the old little it's Chinese proverb, and it says, you, you, those that claim to be a leader and turn and find they have no followers are just going for a walk. Not a walk, a walk, W-A-L-K. For those of you that are fast tonight. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And it wasn't that they didn't have it or couldn't get it. They refused it. So the Holy Ghost here tonight is trying to give knowledge to those of us that have it and want to build it 
Lord, to refresh your course. And others that are saying, God, I really want to do, I want to be more effective in the altar. I, I want to I help somebody. Then you take these things and use them and build. Next verse, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision. Everyone say vision. vision. And the people do what? People perish. Perish. Now that word also, when we think perish, we automatically think of die, cease to exist. But the word perish there actually means to wander aimlessly. Where there is no vision, the people just wander around. What the Holy Ghost is trying to do tonight is give some vision to some folks that have wondered, doing all that I know to do, and God's trying to give you some knowledge. Yes. So it's no longer wondering, but I'm capable to do something. Oh, it's not going to all happen at one time. There's going to be mistakes made. All of this stuff that goes with it. But if those that will grab a hold of it will say, God, I'm going to put these principles into practice, you will see fruit in the altar. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish. Follow up. Do your best to leave with their name and phone number so you can follow up. Anybody you work with in the altar, you need to leave with their name and number. If you're working with them, you need to leave. That's going to be the best Bible study contact you've ever had because their hearts are already open. You, move, you, don't, you don't have to come up with all kinds of stuff. They're already ready to go. Man, I'd love to get with you. Can we, can we meet somewhere? If you ever want to teach a Bible study and you never really, how do I get one? Be an altar worker. You walk away with a Bible study. You walk away actually ministering on the outside, not just doing what so many do. I'm just ministering here and I'm all done. So, John chapter 15. Everyone turn there, your Bibles. I'm done. John 15. The book of John chapter 15. Lord, so kind to us. He loves us. All those verses that's on the back of that, for those of you that want Bible to help you, use those verses, keep it in your Bible, and be productive for God. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Jesus, God, you're wonderful saints of God in the city of Olathe. God, that have been faithful, Lord, in attendance. Faithful in giving, faithful in worship, faithful in praise. Faithful, God, in obedience to their pastor. 
God, so many wonderful things that you have accomplished that we have praised you for and acknowledged. God, you want to continue through your people. I thank you, God, for your spirit that's settled among us right now. We love you, Jesus. God, from the youngest new convert to the oldest among us, God, we're asking that you would use us, Jesus. Help us to be sensitive. Give direction to our prayer and communication with you. Help us, God, to fall in love with your word, to fall in love with people as you love them. God, that we can be effective in the altars, Lord. Would you lift your hands where you are? Let's just love the Lord together right now. Let's thank you. Let's thank you. There's a sweet presence of the Holy Ghost walking among us right now. Oh, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What a mighty and glorious God you are. We love you, Jesus, upon every guest, every visitor, every saint of God. Lord, more than anything, we want to please you. We want to be effective for you, Jesus. God, we want to be excellent for you, for you've been excellent to us, Jesus. We glorify you. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. Oh, just a few more minutes. We're not going to have an altar service or anything here tonight. But if you just want to make a few, just a promise to the Lord, God, I'm going to do this. God, I'm going to be usable to you. Help me, God. Help me, Jesus. You've equipped me. You've equipped me, God. You're not wanting, God, for folks to die. You're not wanting me to wander around. But you want me, Lord, to see as you see, to have the knowledge that you want to give to us. We love you and praise you, Lord. In the wonderful, wonderful name of Jesus. Would you stand with me? As you stand, can we lift our hands again? Let's just love the Lord. Let's thank you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God.